Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. You can go ahead and get your questions and comments in line for Brent. And to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900-STAR-990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Brent's appearance is brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubs, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm doing well. Coming in a little sideways, but we're good. Hopefully this weather gets a little better uh, out there, but I'm doing well. Hope you guys are. Yeah, coming in on two wheels, but, uh, hey, we've all been there. It, it, what did you think in terms of it was thought that Tennessee could take advantage of a weak Missouri defense, especially against the run, but did you ever imagine 62 points for the Volunteers heading into last week's game? No, I, I don't think anybody imagined that. I don't think anybody saw them rushing for 500 yards, but, you know, Missouri has no defensive identity. So they decided to go with a completely different defensive front, played right into Tennessee's hands, made it easier for them in some ways, but um, Missouri's not very good, and Tennessee obviously played well. I can identify their defense. <laughs> it's, it's pretty dang bad. Uh, Brent, I do want to ask you this about Tennessee's run game, and they've had some success on the ground. So I, I don't think this is the greatest offensive line I've ever seen. How much of this is scheme? How much of it is the, the hurry-up? How much it is uh, Tyon uh, Evans and the running backs being real, really good? What, what are your thoughts on how you break it down as to why Tennessee is successful running the football? Well, they've got 1,000 yards against two three-man fronts um, when you look at it. I mean, Bowling Green ended up in a three-man front. Tennessee rushed for 400 yards in that game, right, roughly. Yeah. Uh, nearly 500 last week against two three-man fronts. Pittsburgh, four-man front, 33 yards. Um, didn't run the ball very well um, against Tennessee Tech, but they did against Florida. They, they were pretty effective against Florida. My point is this. Schematically, I think a three-man front's easy for them to block, okay, because you get a lot of double teams out of that. But I also think you see, you're seeing an offensive line start to understand the scheme and figure out this scheme. Probably still too many missed assignments. Clint Ellerby said that last night on ball calls. But I do think you're seeing a defensive line that's got some cohesion, starting to develop a little bit better chemistry with each other in terms of spacing and splits and all of those things. Um, and I don't think in this offense you have to be, and we've talked about this before, you don't have to have a bunch of road graders. You know, you don't have to be 350 pounds and shove some guy 10 yards down the field. Sometimes you got a shield getting away a little bit. They're going to pull some guys. They're going to do some different things. So it's a little bit of a different blocking style, which probably fits some of these guys a little bit better too. And also with uh, with Tennessee, Hendon Hooker has taken over. I think he's performed very efficiently. We heard Alex Golis, offensive coordinator, talk about how he's a certified dude and that he's actually tougher uh, than he thought he would be because he was in a non-contact jersey for a while. And now he gets out there and he, he has shown uh, that he is not going to be a guy running out of bounds or dodging hits and stuff like that. What do you think of the play of Hendon Hooker? I think it's been really good the last two weeks, really good. Um, he is tough. Um, they got all these names. They got Dizzles and Dudes and I don't know what all they call everybody. But, but here's a guy who um, I, I think is getting more and more confident by the day. I think in the spring he probably played too conservative, didn't help himself in the quarterback derby. Because, I, I mean, he was Mr. Checkdown, right? I mean, everything in the spring was a dump down. He didn't force it down the field. I thought in the spring he was kind of playing not to make mistakes. And maybe didn't show everything he had. And then you get into fall camp, 
and, and you never, you know, he's always in a non-contact. So you can't tell. You know he can run. You see Virginia Tech tape. You know he runs mm-hmm. some, but you don't know how he runs really in your style and, and what he what he does that way. Uh, and so I think once he got in a game, then I think he could show some of that toughness that Alex Golish is talking about. The biggest takeaway for me, for for Hendon Hooker is his confidence in his in this offense. And what I mean by that is his release time is getting faster. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. But you're also starting to see him read the field a little bit. You know, you're, you're starting to see him go to – he made a throw to Princeton Fant that was clearly not his first read. You know, it was not a, okay, this is where I'm going to ball, predetermined, this is what I'm doing. It was a, I've got a pocket, I'm going to survey the field, I'm going to throw it to whatever's next two or three in my progression. We didn't see that, you know, necessarily early on. Because I think part of it's trying to play so fast, um, but but I think as he's gotten more comfortable with what this offense is doing, you're seeing him play better. And and obviously as he goes, Tennessee's offense is going to go. The better he plays, the more effective Tennessee's going to be offensively. I thought he was good against Florida. I thought he was fantastic from an efficiency standpoint at Missouri. Let's go to the phones and check in with Jeremy. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Jeremy. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? Pretty good. Brent, I got two uh, questions. The first one is, um, I think you guys mentioned a little bit on your uh, podcast, on the Mailbag podcast today, but uh, your overall impression of uh, Heupel and, the, and this year's staff uh, through the uh, almost halfway through the season. And uh, do you feel like this is maybe like a 2013 type of season where they knock off uh, a team that later on down the road that they're not supposed to? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, right now, somebody's trying. Some people have tried to compare it to the '09 season, the, the Lane Kiffin year. You know, that year you look back and you wonder how did in the world did Tennessee lose to UCLA? If this team continues to grow, I think you may look back and wonder how did Tennessee lose to Pittsburgh, right? Um, but we'll see. Um, I, you know, I, I think for this team, my thing on this team is. They're good enough to beat people. They're bad enough to get beaten by pretty much everybody. Not Vanderbilt, maybe not South Alabama, but, you know, everybody's assuming Saturday's a win. I think Tennessee will win Saturday, but Tennessee can lose the game Saturday. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a lay-down gimme that Tennessee's going to win. They're not going to put up 62 points against Shane Beamer's defense. Um, so I, I think that's what Josh Heupel was talking about today when he was asked about his team turning the corner. It's like – not yet. Okay, let's let's do something two weeks in a row, first of all. Uh, but I do think this is an improving football team. Uh, we'll see. I, I mean, do I think they're going to beat Alabama? No. Georgia? No. Um, Kentucky, I think, can be an interesting football game. I, th- I think Ole Miss could be interesting. But I think they could make Saturday really interesting, too, depending on how they play. So I, I think you got to uh, – to me, Jimmy, it's just this is truly a week-to-week team. The question is – can they continue to progress the way they're progressing? But much the same way you couldn't get caught up in razzle-dazzle from week one, I don't, know that you, I don't know that you can paint this team anything terrific yet either because I think Missouri is pretty bad. And I don't want to take anything away from what Tennessee accomplished. That was a pretty disinterested football team, at Missouri, a Missouri team, pretty early in that football game. Um, so that, what was his first question? I completely missed it. Okay, that was the first one I rambled that, that, that was, on. All right. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the second one is, um, uh, and and Jimmy uh, Jimmy can chip if he wants to on this. Uh, who do you think is on the hot seat this year? 
I'll hang up and listen. You talking about in college football? Man, I, everything, I, everything I've read this year, they've already written Ed Orgeron's obituary at LSU. I mean, Pete Thamel pretty much wrote it earlier this week, right? Like, it, it's – I mean, basically they're implying that, that Ed Orgeron's done. This is – this Saturday's a big game for Ed Orgeron, Jimmy. When you look at that schedule – that could be a losing streak on the horizon for LSU if they don't go and pull an upset against Kentucky. I did not think LSU played awful last week. I thought that was more of Bo Nix pulling a rabbit out of his hat a couple of times. He's, I did, too. He's not going to make that play again yeah. in his lifetime. He, maybe, maybe a couple of those, but the, the one in particular, <laughs> he's not going to make that play again in his lifetime. So I didn't think LSU was as bad – as everybody thought by them losing that game. I, I think Saturday's pretty fascinating between LSU and, and Kentucky because LSU can't run it to begin with. They're not going to run it against Kentucky, but I don't think Kentucky can score very very well either. So I think that's a pretty intriguing matchup. That's the only one on the hot seat in the SEC, isn't it? That's what I would think. And, and Brian Lazar, who covers LSU, has for 40-some years, he, he said uh, Orgeron will not beat LSU's coach next year. Will not be. He said they'll. He thinks they're going to six and six, and he will not be their coach next year. That's a that's a pretty quick and interesting fall from. I mean, and I think a lot of people when they won the national championship, Jimmy, and, and you would know better than than I on this one. A lot of people seem to indicate they were winning despite Orgeron. Like he was just at the chair. It was Dave Aranda. It was Joe Brady. It was all the parts around, and basically Ed was just hanging on the coattails for the ride. And now a lot of people are, you know, those people are gone and there's nobody for, for Orgeron to hang on to. I don't know if that's fair. That's kind of how it was portrayed by some people. But I thought it was those people who just didn't like Orgeron very well. Well, I think that there's some of that. Uh, there, there were a number of people that were bought in to Orgeron, but there were the folks that are vocal that were like, hey, okay. And what happens is you, you, hire, you hire somebody like Orgeron and you had people that didn't want to believe in him. And so even if he won a national championship, they were still like, well, that's because of this, that's because of that. So, but, and then others have said he is one of them. He is from South Louisiana, speaks the language. Uh, but you can't go eight and seven after you won a national championship. And also don't dismiss this Title IX sure. suit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. It's got to be. It, it has to be because it certainly seems like, John, that, that they're a bit out of control. I think the only other one in the SEC that's interesting, he's not going to get fired. Where's Dan Mullen at the end of the year? Where's Florida and Dan Mullen at the end of the year? There's a really bizarre press conference this week. Yeah. Um, they are not giving. <laughs> not his first. No, but, 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 <laughs> but the media down there is not giving him very much of a free pass. I mean, he was, I mean, it, it, they basically wanted a film breakdown in that press conference, you know, this week of recounting almost play by play in that deal. We'll see. I'll be curious to see how that one goes. I don't think he's going to get fired by any means, but does he look harder to move, which has been out there for the last year or so. Yep, and uh, and you never know about an opportunity in the National Football League, although the path from college to the pros is not a smooth one. Jaguars <laughs> job might be open. I started, to, I started to say, is anybody going, I want to hire, no. Yeah. <laughs> he was with who? What? No, I don't think I'm going down that road. <laughs> it's our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. Right back to the phones we go with Steve, who's up next. Hello, Steve. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Uh, Brent, talk a little about South Carolina and what they've got and don't have. Uh, what do you think about them? Uh, I think they're much better on defense, Steve, than um, 
Missouri was. They're, they're much better in their defensive front. A veteran defensive team. They've been opportunistic. They forced turnovers. They blocked three punts. Offensively, um, their run game is, is a struggle. I don't think their offensive lines played particularly well. Um, their quarterback, Luke Doty, has been battling a pretty serious foot injury. Um, that uh, he's getting better, but he's not at 100%, so he's not been able to move around. He's a He played wide receiver last year, but he was a high school quarterback, moved to quarterback late in the year last year. Um, so, you know, I think they're a group that's playing pretty hard. Jimmy, they haven't helped themselves enough. I mean, a lot of penalties, um, a lot of mistakes, you know, some turnovers in their own right uh, at critical times. Um, defensively, they got they, they're they're pretty feisty. I mean, they, they've mm-hmm. got they've got some guys and some veteran guys there that can cause you some problems. Again, I just think they're much better defensively than Missouri, and I think they'll play much harder than Missouri played. The, their run game is struggle. They're they're averaging they're 13th in the SEC. They average less than 120 yards a game rushing. They got one rushing touchdown this year, and Tennessee's got 15. And uh, and defensively, they have they got what 14 takeaways. They got a plus seven turnover margin. That's one of the best things they've done this year. Yep. But I, I really think if Tennessee plays a clean game, Tennessee will take care of South Carolina. But that's the if. You don't know if they'll play clean. Well, game. And, and the thing you got to be prepared for defensively, if you're Tim Banks, they're, they're gonna they're gonna throw some some tricks at you. You know, they're they're gonna run a end around pass or a flea flicker or you know double reverse. I mean, they're trying anything they can to create offense um, as opposed to just lining up and, and coming at you. Now, they would like to drive the football and, and shorten the game. I don't think they feel, John, like they can do that very well. So I think you got to be on alert for a lot of misdirection, razzle kind of stuff. Okay. Well, is there anything whatsoever going on in recruiting nowadays, Brent? Uh, yeah, Tennessee will have a couple of visitors in this weekend. Um They'll have uh, a kid who's I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. He's been committed to Rutgers. He's a defensive back uh, who's supposed who's supposed to come in this weekend. Tennessee, uh, Michigan, Ole Miss, the top three for him at this point after he decommitted from Rutgers. Um, uh, the Jonathan Josephs kid is supposed to be up here. Michigan's probably the leader there, but he is coming into town. That gives you a chance. He's supposed to be in for an official visit. Um, and then uh, the offensive lineman from Florida who's committed is supposed to be in. Supposed to have several unofficial visitors in from around the state of Tennessee. Lipscomb is playing at Catholic on Friday night. I'm not saying the whole bus is going to stay after, but I'm not sure everybody's going to ride the bus home. I think there's going to be some parents and kids stay overnight, uh, which makes a lot of sense, and go see the Tennessee game the next day with it being an early game. They've got uh, three or four underclassmen. Uh, that Tennessee is is highly interested in. Um, Caleb Beasley is a defensive back that that's on everybody's radar. Got a chance to be a top 100 type player. He'll be in town this weekend. So a few more in-state guys. I, I think the fact that Tennessee won a football game last week helps. Um, so there'll be a few more guys in this weekend, and I think you'll see a bigger number of guys in for the Ole Miss game because that's a 7:30 start. Steve, sure to appreciate it. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com, as we're here at South Doyle. And Mother Nature has arrived (laughs) as well, as uh, we've got some weather that's blowing through the area. Certainly hope that everything will be able to go on when it's closer and closer to game time, a 7 o'clock start for the Cherokees at home against Central. Brent, we just saw something that I thought was pretty interesting, and who knows if this is the first of many, but there was a a receiver who I believe is number 8 overall prospect in rivals rankings that decided 
hey, I'm going to head to the house. Um, a senior didn't have any health issues or anything along those lines, just decided it was time to step away from his team and get ready for college. Uh, your thoughts on this situation? Hate it. I really yeah. hate it. I mean, because here's the thing, too. He, he didn't leave a football team that was one in four. I mean, they were a good football team having a chance to compete for, you know, a championship in their deal. And, and he just decided, I, I don't know if he wasn't getting the ball enough or but he decided, hey, I'm going to shut down and get myself ready for the college game, you know, respect my decision, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't like that trend. Um, I, I don't. Um, if I'm a college coach, I've got some reservations uh, about a, a kid who's willing to do that. I know some people say, well, they do it in bowl games all the time. To me, that's different. You know, late in your career in a bowl game, one game a month removed from your season, to walk away from your high school teammates four games into the year, five games into the year, I don't think that's a good look. I'm not a fan of that. I hope that trend doesn't continue. I do think, John, it's a little bit of a byproduct of the early recruiting cycle because kids are not having to show themselves as a senior to to secure an offer or or give them an opportunity to play at the college level. Um, You know, know, this is a kid who had dozens of offers as a high school freshman. And and so, you know, he's ready to move on. And... um, my thing, if you're going to do that, go to summer school, graduate early, and go and go to school. Yeah. Uh, don't do it in the middle of your football season of your senior year. I, I just, I think that's a, a decision that you'll regret later on in, in life. If you want to go early, you know, that's certainly we've seen that basketball reclassification. Uh, we saw that with the, the quarterback who went to Ohio State Correct. Uh, from Texas. I'm okay with that. I don't love it, but I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with somebody walking away on his team in the middle of a football season. Let's check in with Larry. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Larry. Hey, guys. All right. Listen to me real quick. John, Jimmy, Brent, you guys have been over at the University of Tennessee for 30 years, 25, more than 30. Okay. We're th- I do know that they're doing some renovations to the stadium next year, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So, um, you guys, I uh, know John and Jimmy, you guys do uh, – Sports betting, or at least I do not. advertise for it. You advertise yeah. for it. Yes. Yes. Well, okay. Um, is the University of Tennessee since Tennessee is a legal state in sports gambling? When are we going to get some better um, Wi-Fi in the stadium? Well, I think it's on. I think that's on the horizon. I think that's on the 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 plan. Uh, obviously, Danny White's doing some focus groups now. I asked that very question about, okay, you just announced an initiative of a couple of phases that you're going to redo some renovation stuff. Why is Wi-Fi not listed in that? And where was that in a priority situation? Um, I, I think that um, one of the things is there's a, you know, you're trying to figure out the cost of it. Um, do, you, do you do a sponsorship to get somebody to pay for it? And how much rewiring of things do you have to do uh, to make the Wi-Fi better. And if that's the case, then then why not do that while you're doing these renovations, right? If you got to redo the concrete on the west side in that club area there and you need to redo some wiring in there, don't you wait and do it while that's all tore apart instead of doing something temporary this year because it was not as a part of the fan enhancements this year. It, it's on Danny White's. It's it's squarely on his radar. It's on his radar about as good as the storms on our radar right now. So uh, he knows that it needs to be repaired I got and, one and it more. needs to be fixed. All right. I got I got one more. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ready? Okay. All right. So uh, Ole Miss is coming to town next week. You know that uh, we used to have a coach. His name was uh, Lane Kiffin. How hyped 
and how how full do you think that stadium needs to be? And the last one, it needs to be full. Do you think we have a chance to beat him next week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll have a chance to beat him. I think Lane Kiffin's in an interesting game this weekend with his football team taking on um, Arkansas. Arkansas. Uh, you know, I, I think the question is going to be, you know, can you slow them down? Because obviously they just want to outscore everybody. Um, you know, I, I think that stadium will be um, night game. I think there'll be more atmosphere. It, it'll be it'll be a bit more electric. I'll be interested to see kind of how he is received by everybody because a lot of people are calling in, lining up their petitions to hire him when they when they hire Josh Heupel. You know, are they going to boo him or how, how's that all going to be received by everybody? Uh, who knows? But. Um, I, I yeah, I think Tennessee's got a, got a chance, and I would expect the atmosphere first night game. Yep. Uh, on a Saturday night, you should have a really good crowd there. I, I mean, it would be very disappointing if you don't. If you win this Saturday, it will make it even easier, John, to have an electric crowd in there for sure. Very much so. And as you mentioned, it it is going to be a very interesting game because you've got for what Ole Miss has this week. You have a, an Arkansas team that certainly underwhelmed uh, in its trip to Athens, and Ole Miss, of course, just got run off the field their popcorn got burnt that's right in tuscaloosa <laughs> so that's that is going to be something to see exactly how Ole Miss arrives I, I think i think that game um is going to do a lot to dictate the rest of the season for both of those teams i'm not saying the loser of that game season is over but when you look at what's remaining for those guys that that's i think you i think both fan bases are circling that as a must win for their football team to continue on the path that they're going i i, I think this game's got and I have no idea how it's going to go. I, I really don't. I, I mean, I don't know. Can can Ole Miss stop the run? Can Arkansas run? You know, everybody thought Arkansas could run on anybody. They couldn't boot. You know, they couldn't do anything against Georgia. Um, and I think Georgia's really good. But h- how effective can Arkansas run the football? And can they slow down Ole Miss? A year ago, Matt Corral threw six, seven interceptions. I think it's six. Um, I don't think they're going to get that out of him this year. But uh, how much can Barry Odom confuse him? Once the ball is snapped, uh, intriguing matchup. I, I think one of the more intriguing matchups, uh, maybe the most intriguing game in the league this week. That's Brent Hubbs with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Final segment for us with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. Brent's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. View their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Sports Talk today, a part of Rivalry Thursday, brought to you by OEB Law and Matlock Tire Service and Auto Repair. Brent, if you look at Tennessee's run defense, take out Florida, which had an outstanding running quarterback. Run defense giving up less than 60 yards a game, giving up 1.88 yards a carry. Do you think this defense is for real against the run when they don't have to face a really good running quarterback? Yeah, if you take the sack totals out of it, I think the, the running backs themselves have gained, are averaging um, about 2.8, 2.9 yards a carry, which I think is a really good number because mm-hmm. run defenses get inflated so much by the sack numbers. So when you take that out, they, they've been really good against a traditional running team and a running back. You know, Jimmy, I, I think that certainly they're going to have some issues against some running teams probably, some bigger offensive linemen, you know, Alabama, Georgia. The one thing you know is the identity, and again, I, I think this is where Tim Banks deserves a lot of credit because we didn't know what the identity was going to be. But they have said, this is who we are. We're stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, now they'll do some multiple stuff and do some things. They'll play some zone coverage. They'll blitz here. But we're going to stop the run. We're going to play gap integrity. We're going to play the run first and foremost and make you throw it. If you throw it on us, you throw it on us. But we're not going to let you run on us. And they've done that with everybody with the exception of Emory Jones. 
That's the only one they couldn't tackle so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so against Troy, South Carolina ran for 102 yards. Do you see South Carolina get to 100 against Tennessee on the ground? I think it's hard. I think it's hard for South Carolina to, to get there because I don't know who, who they have on the perimeter that scares you. So why not? Why, why are you not rocking somebody down in the box? You know, and, and again, you're already committed to stopping the run anyway. You played the run well. Um, I, I don't think you're again worried about them doing a bunch of over the over your head type stuff. Um, where you got to back your safeties back out and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Tennessee should have a good day defending the run against South Carolina. About 30 of South Carolina's yards came on a, res- a reverse to a wide receiver named Van. Yeah, and that's where and, that's where that's, Tennessee's got to be careful, mm-hmm. okay, because when you line up, John, and, and, and they're coming downhill in the run, Tennessee's been good. There's been a couple of times they, they've, they've gotten, and I thought they were better against Missouri with the bounce stuff. I thought they handled Tyler Beatty's bounce really well. Kenny, you know, Kenny Pickett bounced out on a couple of scrambles for yards. They've gotten bit a couple of times with some end around type stuff. They've got to play the edges really good. They cannot give up the, the contain. They got to make sure they got a hard edge against them. That they do. And uh, when it comes to the 14 that Tennessee has committed, has there been anybody that has uh, put together so far a really special season, or anybody who's showed out in what they've shown thus far in their senior years? No, I mean I think uh, I mean I think it's been solid. I, I like what Elijah Herring's doing. I think he's played well uh, for Tennessee. Cam Miller's putting up big numbers. He's playing 2A in Memphis. He's mm-hmm. big. He should be putting up two not big numbers. If he wasn't, then I think that's a red flag. But he's doing what he's supposed to do against the competition he's playing against. Uh, Taven Jackson's played well uh, to, to this point. So you know, I think those guys. I think I think those guys have been have, you know been solid. I mean, offensive linemen are hard to evaluate. You know, but uh, I, I like where Elijah Herring is. I think that's the guy. We talked about this on our podcast. I think that's one that you're going. Tennessee's going to look back and go. You know what? We were smart to get that one done early because he's gotten better and better, and his brother's really good, too, coming up next year. Uh, what do you think in terms of whose stock is on the rise in the uh, in the stock watch for Tennessee getting ready for this Carolina game simply for the fact that so many got to see their stock go up last week in Columbia? Yeah, I mean, I, I like what Hendon Hooker did because he's got a command. He's got control of the offense, or he did last week. And I thought he had pretty good control of it at, at Florida, too, to be honest with you. So I, I like what Hendon Hooker's doing in a stock up. I think Jeremy Banks is playing well. Um, I think you can give depth in the secondary a stock up. Danico Slaughter looked mm-hmm. like he belonged out there. Theo Jackson was comfortable at safety. I thought Christian Charles would have played well had he not gotten banged up a little bit. Uh, so stock up for some depth in the secondary. And, and, again, I know everybody talks about him being the Tasmanian devil, and, and maybe he's just getting lucky, but the Tasmanian devil, Jeremy Banks, seems to be in the right place <laughs> a whole lot of the time. Uh, which tells me he's probably playing pretty good football. Aaron Beasley's been a big surprise to me, too. I, I didn't see that one coming. Um, Juwan Mitchell better get healthy. It might be hard for him to get some snaps with the way those linebackers are playing right now. Former Gibbs Eagle got to enjoy some uh, spotlight time and it came to social media. What did you think about Ollie Lane and uh, and him just keeping up for a bit? <laughs> with well, Tyon? I mean, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing Ollie and his family for a long time. His older brother, Hunter, is actually um, in selection for, for Ranger School at this point with the Army. And uh, Hunter actually helped coach, uh, as a volunteer coach, my son last year. And I've known that family for, for many years. So it's fun to see. I mean, it, it really is. And, um, you know, he's playing well. Um, harder days ahead. You know, I, and in talking to him this week, he knows, you know, there's a lot of things he's got to do better. 
but he certainly enjoyed that pull block. <laughs> 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 and I, I don't, I don't blame him, you know, because he hit that one pretty good, and and uh, he enjoyed that one. And again, there's a great example of, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of kids on this team where some perseverance, you know, perseverance and, and sticking with it, and not just jumping and leaving the the first chance you get uh, is paying off for some guys for 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 playing time. You know, wh- who knows what happens when Cooper comes back, you know, and what they do on the offensive line. But when called upon to play, he's a part of an offensive line that produced nearly 500 rushing yards last week. That's one he won't forget anytime soon. What's going on these days at VolQuest.com? Well, we have a story up this morning uh, or from earlier today called uh, about the why and something that uh, Josh Heupel is doing with his football team that players say has helped this team come together and bond. So we've got that story up. Uh, for everybody to check out. Rob's got his matchup piece. We had the Mailbag Podcast. We'll have a story on Ollie Lane tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got the War Room coming up. We've got some recruiting stuff out there. We'll do our picks tomorrow. We'll do 10 Things I Think I Think. we got our pregame podcast. We're ready to go play football. All right. Hopefully hey, this weather gets out of here so everybody gets to play. Uh, I know. I ran in, Jimmy, <laughs> and, and it only took me the first segment to get my win back. It's not going to bother me going back because I don't have to talk to anybody, so I'm going to run even faster, which is really slow for me, really faster back to the car. You'll run faster than Ollie Lane. <laughs> Brent, I don't know about no, that. <laughs> always I'll run about as far as Ollie did, too. I can promise you that. Thank you very much, Thanks, Brent. Sean. That's Brent it. Hubs of AllQuest.com as he joins us here.